Welcome to this rebroadcast of Hope in the Night. We hope the content of this program will bring you biblical hope and practical help. Now here's Hope in the Night with June Hunt. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. Coming to you from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, we'd like to hear what's on your mind tonight. Well, Jeff, uh, there was a man who the other day said to me, I just don't understand how on earth, why on earth would Jesus say, love your enemies? It's just impossible. Seems no way. And I remember that's what I thought years and years ago. Uh, This is before I, I think it was before I became a Christian, but no matter what, I I, I didn't know what to do with love your enemies because I thought I thought people can't love their enemies. At least that was my assumption. But I didn't know that there's a word agape, a g a p e in Greek. It it's translated love, but it's really it's not about emotion. It's about what I call devotion, devoted to seek the highest good of the other person which is very different than just an emotion of love. And the highest good of those who genuinely are wrong, uh, it's really for them to literally have right hearts, to become right. And so it's, isn't it inter- interesting to read Love Your Enemies, but it's, there's a second part to that. Pray for those who persecute you. This is Matthew 5, 44. These are Jesus' words. And I remember thinking, well, for me, I, I don't know about there been being enemies, but, you know, anyone who evokes from you uh, resentment or bitterness or hatred um, can be an enemy to your spirit. And I remember later just really thinking about this scripture and I thought okay if we were to pray for those who persecute us how do you do that one time I I prayed for a person to die and I did I, I literally did but that's not the intent of praying for your enemy um, so I took later something that is called the fruit of the spirit uh, and and certain words in the in the Bible, and and turned these attributes. Uh, the Bible says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Um, so to make this a part of our prayer, we can pray for those who persecute us. We can pray for our enemies in this way. Lord, I pray that so-and-so. Now, in this case, it was my dad. But then later, there were some other people who definitely opposed me, and I didn't understand why, but, you know, that's just real-life living. But I pray that blank, the name, would be filled with the fruit of love uh, by becoming fully aware of your unconditional love and in turn will be able to love others. Lord, I pray that, again, whoever the person is, will be filled with the fruit of joy because of experiencing your steady joy and in turn will radiate 
and our joy to others. Lord, I pray that whatever the name is will be filled with the fruit of peace, your inner peace, and in turn will have a peace that passes all understanding toward others. Lord, I pray that whatever the name is will be filled with the fruit of patience. Again, this is called the fruit of the Spirit. And we're praying the fruit of the Spirit for those who are difficult in our lives. Um, the fruit of patience, because of experiencing your patience, and in turn will extend that same extraordinary patience to others. Lord, I pray that the name is whoever will be filled with the fruit of kindness, because of experiencing your kindness, and in turn will extend that same undeserved kindness to others. Lord, I pray that the name will be filled with the fruit of goodness, because of experiencing the genuine goodness of Jesus, and in turn will reflect the moral goodness of Jesus before others. There are several others that obviously are are part of this fruit of the Spirit. Um, my, my Faithfulness for is the next one. The Lord, I pray that the name you're praying for will be filled with the fruit of faithfulness because of realizing your amazing faithfulness and in turn will desire to be faithful to you, your word, and to others. Lord, I pray that this person would be filled with the fruit of gentleness because of experiencing your gentleness and in turn will be able to be gentle with others. And the last is, Lord, I pray that that person would be filled with the fruit of self-control, the control of self by Christ, and in turn will rely on his control to break the bondage in that person's life and be an example before others. This is in our keys on forgiveness. And I've learned that you can't consistently pray for someone and not end up with a care for them. And that surprised me because I had, at different times in my life, people who were so difficult, trying to sabotage whatever I would do. But you know, it was it made a difference. Just just praying for my enemy. It's been 20 years since June Hunt was first called into international ministry through the translating of our keys for living into the Russian language. The Lord has refined our focus in recent years to partnership with ministry leaders in key global regions whose reach is expanding to international training events, radio programming, and impact across borders that only indigenous leaders could cross. God is multiplying hope through the translated Keys for Living and the globally relevant counseling model of June Hunt that you have come to understand as a valued listener of Hope in the Night. When you support our Hope for the Heart international ministry, you give directly to men and women who are giving their lives to equip and empower the church in their regions for the Lord's kingdom. Come with us around the world to share the hope of Christ. Visit us online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash international. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their lives. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of Hope for the Heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We exist because of your ongoing prayers and continued support of our ministry, and we thank you for that. If you have any questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 keys for living to help you address what's going on in your life. Just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they can help you access the resources that you need. Their number again is 800-488-4673. That's 800-488-HOPE. Also, for more resources that will help you and help you to help others, we would point you to hopefortheheart.org slash store. And uh, there are three areas there mainly. You can find the recently updated and newly designed Keys for Living. They are uh, providing biblical hope and practical help on a variety of topics, such as stress, anxiety, abuse, marriage, parenting, so many more. There are 30 topics in the new store, more being added monthly. Also, our new video-based training program called Lifeline to Hope. That's a 10-session lay caregiving training course that has been such a helpful tool for pastors and churches who are looking to start or grow a care ministry in their church. Lastly, there's a special area in the store called June's Place with uh, June's books, other resources that she's done in partnership with so many publishers over the years. That's all found at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Let's get to our caller for tonight. This evening, we welcome Summer. Hello, Summer. Welcome to Hope. Hi, good evening, June. Thank you for having me. Uh, It's a blessing to have you. How can we help you, Summer? Um, Actually, um, I reached out for help. Um, My husband came to me this past year in um, August and confessed that uh, back in 2012, he'd gone to a strip club with my brother. my brother's idea, nonetheless, he went along, mm-hmm. and um, then it was my brother's insistence that he buy him a lap dance since he was having many. Um, I've had a really hard time with this for several reasons, the first of which is, is the obvious uh, infidelity, the second of which is that, um, of course, that my brother would do such an evil thing, and then um, I was at home with our three children when this happened, I called him. 20 times, maybe 30 that night, uh, they were supposed to go out and play pool. And when he didn't answer, I finally got a hold of my brother, who said that they were just playing pool, at which point I'm sure he was having my husband have a lap dance. 
um, my mother knew about this. My my brother had gotten intoxicated and shared it with her, so she'd known for quite some time. Um, my father knew about this, and nobody nobody came to tell me. Um, my mom instead. My grandmother was dying. She was very ill and lived with my mom. My mom has um, many issues with with loss and, and just mm. many issues in, in general. Mm-hmm. And um, because of that, she started kind of spinning out of control as my grandmother got worse and making drunk calls. And she was calling my husband, leaving hateful messages, threatening to tell me. Um, and I don't really know why she would tell you know, threaten him with that and not come to me. Um, and I don't really understand why she was even threatening him because just prior to that, back in um, New Year's of the year just before, we'd had kind of a falling out and not really spoken since. Um, now, are you talking about she, with your mom or your husband? Yes, ma'am. With with my mom. With your mom. So when okay. she was calling him, threatening to to tell him, it was like she wanted to have something over him, but I don't know why, because, you know, she made a comment on one of the voicemails about um, him not gracing them with his presence, like, you know, like saying that we were staying away. But, um, in fact, we were staying away because she'd kind of asked for it to be that way. She was very panicky about the whole COVID thing, and um, she'd referred to my children as company at one point. So I just said, you know what, we don't really need to to be your company or your burden. And so we stayed away. And so I don't don't really know why she was even calling him to threaten him, but the whole thing was just so wicked in general Mm. um, that I'm having a really hard time with it. And I had a dream during all of this wherein the night came back very vividly, and I know that that dream was not from God. Mm. And it was just like reliving the night, the calls I made, and my brother answering the phone. And um, my husband didn't come home that night. He actually stayed at my mother's house with my brother. Um, There were just so many, so many ways that this was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm having a really hard time not being full of hate. Um, I, I just, my, there's, it goes beyond that. I um, am guilty of having really harsh feelings toward my brother because uh, we actually don't we don't have the same father. And um, his father wanted him to didn't didn't want him. Um, and my mom went ahead and, and had him anyway. But before that happened, she'd actually had an abortion. And so I just kind of feel, even though I know it's irrational, that, you know, she took my sibling away and burdened me with this one who took everything away. Mm. And as a kid, you know, I was always babysitting and taking care of them. And it it just, you know, my younger siblings were my kids, basically. So um, at 17, I I met my husband. At 18, I got married. Um, I had been sent to live with my grandmother at 16, so... When this happened, when I, I was that age being sent to live with my grandmother um, and then ultimately following up getting married, my brother said that he felt that I just left him. And so I feel like this was a vengeful act to some degree. Um, his excuse to me was that he had just broken up with his baby's mother and he just wanted to see some blank and I said, well, thank you so much for throwing away my family that I worked so hard for because you just wanted to see some, you know. So it's, I'm having a really hard time not being full of hate and just wanting to continue day by day in general. I feel that my joy was taken from my children, and that's the thing that makes me the most angry is that their mother was stolen to such a degree. 
um, I'm just kind of on autopilot. And um, this, this confession happened August the 4th of 2020. And then October the 4th, my grandmother went to be with the Lord. Um, right after that, I lost the adopted mother that I had at church. Um, mm. She was hit by a drunk driver. Oh. And everything just happened so back-to-back mm. that it's just been really difficult. My father um, has been diagnosed with aggressive urethral carcinoma. Um, it just so many things happened. And even that, that diagnosis, I had actually, um, made, sent, made a big mistake in sending out a very angry and hateful text once I found out that the, the lap dance was my brother's idea and that he paid for it even. Um, I sent out a text and I also included my mother and father because he'd not been forthcoming. He'd made my husband look like he was the one that just did everything and, um, and so in that horrible text, I said something that I should have never said, um, something to the effect of, you know, hope you die, hope to never see you again. And my father was included in that text, but it wasn't for him. And the next morning, I had to pick something up from their house. I hadn't seen them in forever, and my father had just gotten back from the ER mm-hmm. where all this carcinoma began to unfold. Yes. Um, so I just feel really... I don't know. I'm not in a good place. So um, I'm I'm clear what did take place, initiated by your brother, which is painful, and then what your husband chose to do. I want to know, you said that he came to you in, uh, I think you said August 4th, 2020? And he confessed what he had done. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Why did he do that? Why did he confess? Uh-huh. Uh, my mom had begun calling. Before she started threatening him, she was just drunk calling in general. And I think the thing that kind of kept her from bugging me anymore was uh, one night... One of them actually called my son at 2.30 in the morning, my then 15-year-old son, and I blew up on him and unleashed. You know, their reason for calling his phone at that time was uh, supposedly because they needed to talk about my grandmother's health with me. And I said, you know, that's mm-hmm. the most selfish thing that you could do to call my son, lose our number, you know. And um, both he and both my mother and, and my brother Began. I guess my mom um, was the one just calling him back to back, but I know my brother was in there. They were getting intoxicated together, and um, I think another thing that I'm having such an issue with is that when all this happened, my mom had begun pawning him back off on me because, you know, even though he was like 20-something years old, he and my father would get drunk and have fights at the house, and whenever his son was coming over, because he was a weekend dad, so whenever his son was coming over, she would say, you know, it was just too much, and she she couldn't handle it, and she just started dropping him off at my house. And so I feel like they really poisoned my family. Um, around that time, she, she actually leased an apartment from the property that I was working on, and I begged my boss not to allow her to, to get the apartment because she was going to skip out on it, and, and sure enough, she did. Mm-hmm. And, and when they went to stay at the apartment, everything. This is the night that you know 
it was just everything was just wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, if I were to talk with him, if I were to talk with your husband and say, what do you ultimately want within the relationship with your wife? And if I'm going to assume that he'll tell me the truth, what would he say? I think that he would say uh, he wants true forgiveness. Um, I think that he would say that was the worst mistake he made um, and that he was so sorry and that he didn't know why and all of these things that that he said um, and I, I do know that he is truly remorseful um, and not only because I can see it in him but more truly because I, I have received that message from God in so many little ways you know he knows how to reach you where you are mm-hmm. and this has been the most supernatural experience that that I've ever had, you know, just from him sending me daily words about forgiveness to, you know, the minute I turn the radio on, it's about forgiving your husband to just, uh, he sent me little trinkets, you know, like um, he's always been my right hand and when I'm in a lot of pain, sometimes I'll reach out with my right hand for him. Mm -hmm. And I was on my way one day to my car and I just been, you know, daily falling to the floor out of breath, just crying over this and uh, I was making my way one day to the car and just really heavy hearted and right by my door uh, there was a little right handed glove it was a right handed boxing glove it had a heart in the middle and at the bottom it said fight Hmm. and there were just so many things that you know one night I was really um, struggling and angry hurt Uh and I went back to the strip club that they had gone to and just I don't know what I was looking for. I guess sometimes you can't touch your own pain, you know, and I just wanted to see the building, and I don't know, I was just so angry. And um, when I pulled in, the parking attendant asked me what I was doing, and I said, I just want to take a picture of this building. And he said, why do you just want to take a picture? You know, I said, this is the building that broke up my marriage, and I just want a picture of what was so great, you know. And he said, at that point, he said, you you want a picture, you go ahead and take your picture, but don't let these, and he used the derogatory remark, don't let them break up your marriage. This is the devil's work. And he reached inside mm. his shirt and pulled out a cross on a rope, mm. and he said, I don't want to work here. I don't want to be here, wow. but I don't let the devil win this one. Yeah. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as grief and loss, abuse and trauma, depression and suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. 
If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver. We want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Our customer support team can be reached at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central, and they'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. I want to recommend one of our keys for living called forgiveness. Releasing you is freeing me. And you can talk to customer support about that resource or any other that might help you. The number, again, is 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Now, maybe there's a situation in your life, and you'd like to get a little more insight on that, to talk to June Hunt on the program here. We'd like to introduce you or invite you to call 800-Night-17. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. And when you call, leave a detailed message for us. We'll just get back to you and talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night. That's 800-917-800-644-4817. If you'd like to submit a question to us by email, you may do so at askjune at hopefortheheart.org, and we may answer your question on an upcoming Hope in the Night. Now back to our conversation with Summer. Well, Summer, when I asked the question, where is your husband right now? I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about his mindset in regard to you, where is he? Uh, and and you said he wants true forgiveness, and he is truly remorseful. That that that's huge. Um, if if you'll notice, the Bible says in the Old Testament and the New Testament that all have sinned. That in the in the Old Testament, I actually like the way it's stated, it's all we, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord laid on him, that's Jesus, the sin of us all. So I'm going to say it a different way. If your husband um, hadn't done one thing, he would have done something else uh, by virtue of just like whatever we might think we are doing right, there's always where we have blown it, where we've chosen wrong, because the Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So that hasn't caught God by surprise, and it shouldn't catch us by surprise that that is um, a reality. 
Now, the important thing was what I asked you. I wanted to hear, where is he in regard to you? And you said he wants true forgiveness. And you said, and, and what I liked especially about what you said is you do know he is truly remorseful. Now, it's interesting. The Bible is clear. There are people who say, yeah, yeah, um, I'm sorry. I, by the way, I advise people not to use that language because somebody can turn around, you say, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you sure are. You know, in other words, that's not really uh, the best language. But I want to share with you something that I've always been drawn to. It's language from the Bible specifically about when we are, when we are wrong or when someone else has wronged us. And, it, and it's talking in language about godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. And that's why I asked you the question I did. You've, there's, there's great hope for you because of what you answered. And I, I believe that you uh, wouldn't say it if it weren't true. In 2 Corinthians 7... This is a, one of the most helpful passages for us to really understand. Verse 10, 2 Corinthians 7.10, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. That's kind of like, I'm sorry I got caught. By the way, it's easy to be sorry you get caught. I know what it's like to be sorry I got caught, but I wasn't sorry I did what I did. And that's why I, this was so important when I saw this, you know, these, this distinction between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow, because God knows the truth. He, you know, regardless of the words, regardless of tears, regardless of pleading or gifts given. It says in verse 11, See what this godly sorrow has produced in you. What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves. What indignation. And the, the indignation is, I'm, I, I hate what I did. I hate what I did. What indignation, what alarm, uh, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. Don't you think that's interesting how it, the, the Bible shows the difference? There's all the hope in the world when there's someone who has godly sorrow. And, and I, I gathered when you used that term remorseful, that's what you were saying. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And I, yeah, go on. I, I, I do know, and I truly want to forgive him, and 
I think the problem that I'm having is every time I think I have and, and something happens, um, for example, he has, uh, he's come a long way. He every now and then has like a, um, like a mood swing and he may do something like take off his ring and toss it down. And I just, all those feelings come back, you know, because at that time he wasn't wearing his ring and, and just all those. And so I, mm-hmm. with my heart, I truly want to forgive and let everything just go. It's just so hard to, I mean, mm-hmm. we were through so much, you know, I, I was 17. We ran away together. We lost our first child together. I was mm. about four months, almost five, and had a, mm. a miscarriage. We've had three kids, you know, we just celebrated 20 years of marriage. So many things that I just sometimes fall back into this shock, like I can't believe this happened. And I start all over again, and even if I try to just keep it to myself, which I think I've gotten pretty well at doing, he knows me well enough to even feel it when I don't even say anything and sometimes even speak the words that I'm feeling in my heart and just try to hide. And I think that's what I have a hard time with because I know that God wants me to forgive him. God's word is always clear, and he always reaches you right where you are without any type of confusion. It's my feelings, and I think that, it that I've been able to dissect it to is some amount of pride that I didn't know was there in thinking that I had made something so much better than what I grew up with. Mm. You know, it was, it was horrible, but I think it comes down to pride and fear, and I don't know how to get rid of that. Well, you have talked, you brought up um, one of the hardest things on for me personally because of my adulterous kind of father, and I just grew up in an adulterous home, you did too. I mean, you you had a very dysfunctional family, right? Absolutely. That means there's not security. Uh, There's not stability. There's not people you can count on, for sure. Uh, Secrets, all, all these things. So, I absolutely identify with you in certain ways. Uh, the issue isn't the lap dance. It's like it, it's it's more like how, whatever it would be. How could you do this? Now, right. you're. It's a logical question, and isn't it interesting that the whole reason Jesus left heaven, came to earth, he knew he was going to be horribly crucified. This did not catch him by surprise. But he did what he did, coming to earth intentionally to die on the cross for our sins. Why? Well, the Bible says that our sin separates us from God. Jesus doesn't want us separated. He knew there was heaven that was being prepared for us, for those who chose to yield their will to the will of the, of, of, of the Lord. But he also knew every one of us had blown it. You, me, everybody. And so the important thing is the whole reason he came to earth, it wasn't to live a moral life. I mean, yes, he did. Yes, he lived a sinless life, but that wasn't the point. He came to earth to sacrifice his life because we 
we can't pay a price for what we've done wrong. You have been very candid, and I appreciate it. You've talked about having hatred. You, you know, you, you've mentioned things that you really wish you hadn't done. And by the way, that that is a a sign of uh, a, people who will go on and say things about themselves instead of just totally blame somebody else. Um, God knows that, and God honors that. In other words, we're we're not going to fool God anyway. Um, but we try to. We think we can fool people, and at times we can. We can fool a lot of people, but He knows the truth, and and the fact is, when we hold on to unforgiveness, which I I actually personally thought forgiveness was wrong. I thought that that can't be right because that's letting people off the hook. But I didn't understand. I, I think what, what you and I want to talk about because. You need to be set free. <laughs> uh, holding on to unforgiveness, um, we 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 our subtitle here is releasing you is freeing me. So let, let's understand the word forgive literally means release. It's dismissal, release, uh, lift off, send away. But I want you to think about that word release. Um, it is. Literally, when we are forgiving, we are releasing our resentment toward the offender. Releasing the right to hear, I'm sorry. By the way, I used to live for that um, and didn't get it. Releasing your right to be bitter. It's releasing your right to get even. But the good news is this. The Bible says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Let me ask my friend, did you deserve to be forgiven by God? No. I didn't either. No. So it's not based on what's deserved. In fact, forgiveness is one way. It really isn't about what the other person does even though we think oh well I'll forgive if you deserve it I'll forgive if you have done X, Y, and Z Uh, that's not how the Bible presents forgiveness, this is not God's heart on forgiveness and yet he, he would never tell you to do something that you couldn't do he will equip you to do it It's been 20 years since June Hunt was first called into international ministry through the translating of our Keys for Living into the Russian language. The Lord has refined our focus in recent years to partnership with ministry leaders in key global regions whose reach is expanding to international training events, radio programming, and impact across borders that only indigenous leaders could cross. God is multiplying hope through the translated Keys for Living and the globally relevant counseling model of June Hunt that you have come to understand as a valued listener of Hope in the Night. When you support our Hope for the Heart international ministry, you give directly to men and women who are giving their lives to equip and empower the church in their regions for the Lord's kingdom. Come with us around the world to share the hope of Christ. 
Visit us online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash international. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually, they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God Himself, and He's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We are a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to support Hope for the Heart or Hope in the Night specifically, you can just uh, look at our website at hopefortheheart.org slash donate, and we thank you for that. If you have any questions or concerns about the topics here on the program uh, and uh, you'd like to get some more information, just call customer support at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd like to help you access the right resources. Maybe they can point you to an online resource, a free resource there, one of our quick reference guides or the uh, larger treatments of any number of topics, over 100 uh, titles there, and those are our keys for living. One keys for living that we're uh, recommending tonight called Forgiveness, Releasing You is Freeing Me. And customer support is available again Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 at 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. If you prefer to email them, you may do so at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. And ask any questions there, they'd be happy to answer you. Let's return to our conversation now with Summer. Well, Summer... Thank you for being uh, candid about the challenge and the pain, um, because I believe with all my heart that your call is going to be important. What you've said to me is important. For example, you said, you know, I'll think I'm forgiven, and then, you know, it's like I haven't forgiven. I'm going to say this. You can forgive then there can be a memory that comes back or an action or something and it triggers things from the past and what I'm saying to you is forgiveness often is not a one-time act. Now, if I if I were to accidentally step on your toe or even kind of kick your foot and then I go, oh, you know, that was kind of stupid to do. I shouldn't have done that. Would you forgive me? I would ask you, would you forgive me? That could be a one-time act, but not not what is painful and betrayal and it, so so the issue with forgiveness when there has been violation or and we can call it a number of different things, but the issue is yes, if you have released 
him to the Lord, and I'm going to explain how to do that. But you could forgive, but you have to at times forgive again. And then even that that was brought up by Peter. How many times should I forgive? He said seven times. And instead Jesus said how many? Seventy. Yeah, seventy times seven. So, so the issue is when the thoughts come back, it just say, "Okay, Lord, I'm." And th- this is what I figured it's got to be. I want you to imagine um, whatever you could think about. Let, let's say, okay, your husband. And I understand that he's made a lot of headway. Um, But in real life living over 20 years, um, there were choices he made. And just as there could have been choices you made too that you wish you could take back. But the truth is, you can't change the fact that they happened. So... Since we are not given an option by Jesus, we're not given an option by God in many places where the the language is very clear about us forgiving. My favorite verse is, um, because it's very specific, is on, 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 about unforgiveness, is Colossians 3.13. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, let me explain. This is not enabling a person to go on and just uh, be callous, abusive. Yeah, all, all the language. This is, you're you're doing something that... Because you you talked about, you used the word at one point about not feeling like it. In a way, I have good news for you. Uh, Forgiveness is not a feeling. It is a choice. It is an act of the will. So... I think the issue... mm -hmm. No, go on. I think one of my biggest frustrations, June, is that... um, I have chosen to do that, and he doesn't seem to understand, you know, that that doesn't mean I'm not going to be in pain. And as I've explained to him, you know, Jesus died for our sins. He forgave us. He still had to go through the pain. That's the whole point of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so that I've chosen to forgive you, you should leave it there and understand that from time to time my heart is still going to continue to bleed, and there's not any justice in you getting upset over that and and beginning this whole saga all over again. I I feel that I should have the right to grieve because I'm not choosing to do it in your face or to throw it at you or use it as a rock, but just to to even hold it in and you see my face and and want to be upset and, and feel like I haven't forgiven you. And the whole thing is that I love you enough to go through that and I still deserve the right to heal. And that takes time. And I think that that is the hardest thing that I'm really dealing with right now because I should, I mean, every, I mean, I didn't choose this. So mm-hmm. the fact that my heart will still bleed, that's 
just natural, you know. I don't know what um, what else I can do about that. I, I'm discreet. I'll go away. I'll go to the bathroom. I'll, you know, I've learned to be very, um, very conservative with my tears over the years throughout mm-hmm. childhood and all that. So I don't, you know, it's not in his face. He just so much guilt that he has because he is truly ashamed and I don't want him to have false guilt. I've explained that to him that I know God has forgiven him. I don't want to give him false guilt. It's not fair for him to question me when he sees my face Mm -hmm. and sees, you know, feelings inside that he just happens to know me that well. He can see. Mm -hmm. Question I have for you then is you have described just a thimble full of pain from your past growing up. And it may be that there's specific action for you to do that deals with the past because the past, I'm talking about people who were very, uh, totally inappropriate with you. Uh, and, And you haven't even told me a lot that I'm confident is there. But the, the very nature of the kind of home you grew up with, and um, this is more severe pain than many people have. Is that not true? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So I'm, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a little... Um, I'm going to send to you. We have excellent material on forgiveness. And when I say forgive, I want you to think about a boulder, a table of boulders. And I want you to imagine around, um, around your neck. Here is, I, I, let's say I put a meat hook around your neck, and from that meat hook hangs a burlap bag. I literally do this with people, uh, like even in front of an audience, and uh, when people have difficulty forgiving. So here's this meat hook around your neck, and here's this burlap bag, and now I would say, what has been so painful? Well, if we just talk about one person... It would be, and it could be your mother. It could be any relative, the, the people who've caused you the most pain. But if I were to ask you about each one and say, what was so painful, what your mother did. And then now we're just putting in boulder after boulder after boulder. That, that bag would get very heavy. And you would say, this is heavy because... It is. It's, and you know, you were not car- created by God to carry the hundred pounds that could be in that bag. And so the point of forgiveness is this. You take all that pain and you release the pain to the Lord, but literally getting it out, What? who did what? Who? What did your... Those who were most significant, that what did they do that caused so much pain? And literally writing out each specific, this was painful, this was hard, this was cruel, this. And, and then you, you release the pain to the Lord, and then you release 
if you will, as an act of the will, not based on feeling, you release that person off of your emotional hook and put that person onto God's hook. You're not letting somebody off the hook. You're taking them off of your hook, putting them onto God's hook, because he's the one who says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. It'd be like your brother taking, but but writing out specifically. So I'm going to ask, I'm because I'm going to be sending this to you, and then if you'd like, let's come back and because I want you to, to name, uh, write out on, on initially a piece of paper, these are the people who have been hard for me to forgive. These are the people who've hurt me the most. These are the people that it's been hard for me to, to get out of my mind or at times I've had this hate of what's gone on. Well, I have an idea that's the reason why you called. You don't want to keep caring hatred. You don't want to have the harsh feelings that you mentioned. I'm, I'm hearing that you want, you want to be set free. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, the Lord is the one who sets the captive free. And so this is what your assignment is. Think back of your earliest years. And just do it chronologically. Who has caused you the most pain from the from your earliest time? Write those names down and then have on each individual page, like just take a, whether it's a yellow tablet or a, a white paper, whatever, each person just say, put that name down. This is what hurt me. This is what caused pain to my heart. Uh, this was this was offensive. These things that are hard. And if you will do that with the beginning again from your childhood, then what we'll do is when we talk again, we're going to deal with it. Now you'll be able to, to see what what is going to happen because we'll send this to you. But I, I believe with all my heart, Um, you are ready to do business with God and part of that is is not what the other person does you're it's it's going to free you because again forgiveness is one way it's not reconciliation it is releasing the person and literally taking that person off of your hook putting that person onto God's hook And God knows how to deal with each person in that way. We will send our keys for living called forgiveness. Releasing you is freeing me. We send that out to tonight's caller. And we do that free of charge because of your generous support of this ministry. You enable that. We thank you. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. We thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope. The preceding program was pre-recorded.